Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is The Mandalorian Report. Is it now? All right, that seems great. 
<laughs> we have with us today in our studio Paul McCartney uh, being possessed by an alien space pirate. That's what we got. Uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw in the person who makes some kind of noise after I say the Mandalorian report. Sometimes music, sometimes pirates is Ken Nabzok. Hey, everybody, we're here. It's a pirate life for me. Yeah, man, I, I, we, we got to do all of our uh, introductory stuff to uh, talk about what we want to talk about, but it's hard not to dive right into all of the uh, facial moss, the Easter egg basket stuffing that is Gorian Shard in the pirate, uh, the whole pirate world. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Uh, we will get into that and all of the big ideas. And hey, you know what? This is going to be full spoilers for The Mandalorian. So we'll also get into the sudden appearance of Casual Zeb. Very, very <laughs> excited uh, <laughs> to discuss not only Zeb, but the way he's just like, hey, everybody. Uh, oh, is this a big deal? I'm just in the background of a bar. Don't worry about me. Uh, love that very much. Uh, we want to do some quick plugs here at the top. Uh, we know that we get uh, some more eyes, some more ears on the Mandalorian reports. So we want to let you know that we are doing a big push on our Patreon. We are expanding out from talking about Star Wars to also talking about some other things. We're talking about Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast. The first episode is available now. We're going to be discussing all of the Indiana Jones films building up to Dial of Destiny. So if you'd like to join us on that journey, you can check that out. We are also building to a new goal uh, at $2,000 a month. Uh, Jennifer Landa, our partner here on Force Center, is going to make a series of YouTube videos that's basically NPR talks about Star Wars. Uh, charming, thoughtful, energetic, uh, but investigative analysis of really interesting Star Wars topics. So if you're interested in helping us make that happen, interested in any of the rewards we got, just go check out patreon.com slash force enter and see if it is for you. Ken, any thoughts on Patreon? Uh, hey, uh, number one, we always love those who have supported, supported for a long time, and we love those who are jumping on. And, and it, as, as we grow and, and put some uh, wait into that. So, so, so lean into it with our backs on Patreon. Uh, the Discord brings in more and more people. And I, I'll confess, sometimes I'm always like, oh, who, who's going to show up? And are they going to get the vibe? Man, all the new names, all the new faces, so to speak, in Discord have just jumped right in and, and really helped uh, keep the Force Center friend feeling alive. And I really want to thank you all. And that also means those who are there and have been there for a while, you just... You, you just, uh, you know, it, the vibe comes out of you. So we appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the vibes, uh, mm -hmm. which I say in a, in a joking way, but it really is true. We want to build a, a community that can have a, a fun and safe place to talk about Star Wars, to disagree. But as long as it's disagreeing in a friendly way and keeping it fun, uh, that's what we're all about. So thank you to everyone who has joined us. Speaking of vibes and hanging out and talking, we also want to let you know that we are doing a live Q&A on YouTube this Friday, March. March 31st at 2 p.m. Pacific. We've been doing these for months now. They're a ton of fun. You send in whatever questions you want. Ken and I will uh, have a drink and thoughts. Uh, we're also going to experiment a little bit. We're going to do a chunk of that uh, Q&A where we're going to do a little bit of other center, where we're going to talk Star Wars mm. for the vast majority of the time, but then we're going to open up to be like, you got questions about... <laughs> Music, cars, uh, Twin Peaks, Game of Thrones, whatever. And uh, and we'll see how that goes as we continue to experiment with everything that Force Center can be. Any thoughts on that one, Ken? I, I cannot wait for cars questions. So you and I can talk. You can talk about a Yaris and I can talk about a 20-year-old Mustang that's falling apart. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's yeah, to be that. clear, I meant it. The, yeah, the cars we owned. Not necessarily <laughs> the movie cars, I which I've never seen, but I'll try. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> I enjoy the cars uh, ride at Disneyland, Radiator Springs. We can talk about that. I did enjoy Radiator Springs. I got a whole story about that. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about cars today. We're here to talk about ships and pirates and unity, question mark. We are going to be talking about the latest episode of The Mandalorian, a season three, episode five. But in the grand scheme of things, chapter 21, entitled The Pirate, written by Jon Favreau, directed by Peter Ramsey. This episode is about 38 minutes of actual storytelling, uh, but it felt very full and satisfying to me, Ken. We always talk about our experience, our prep, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's a medical procedure, but uh, much more uh, enjoyable, I think. What was your prep to watch The Pirate? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Dealing with that uh, colonoscopy colonoscopy last year, uh, which dealing, (laughs) I'm happy to have it. It was good, but it's like that that was some prep. That was some prep. That was was prep. Yeah, not like that indeed. Um, midnight viewing for me. What was the the fun uh, wrinkle was our buddies Alex and Molly Damon are out in LA for for some work, and uh, they were texting. Alex was texting me so excited to have a midnight experience. He's like, I he was joking. He was like, I feel like a Hollywood elite. I get to watch this at midnight now. And, uh, that was kind of a fun experience. I was just like, yeah, we're we are spoiled. Midnight is late, but it's uh, it's not three a.m. and uh, we're, we're we're spoiled. So uh, that was part of the fun. And one of the things um, I'll say is um you know there was no thumbnail up i've seen i've seen I, I, as the time of this recording i'm sure it's changed but there was like no thumbnail and i was laughing i was like you know uh, who, who, i mean 20 different things but i was laughing that disney's got to be like hey no thumbnail someone put get the thumbnail right like, oh youtube channels problems on disney plus uh but then the the i'll just say this before we get into it but like then the previously on popped up and um always pay attention to that it's always going to set you of course for what's going to be discussed in the episode there was so much stuff. I was like, oh, this is going to be a packed episode. I got to pay attention, open my eyes and see because a lot's going to uh, happen here. And, and, and a lot did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really loved the previously on at this point is like, and now you can tell which clips from the trailer will probably be in the episode that you're about to watch <laughs> yeah. as we count down to uh, getting, having seen almost all of the trailer clips. Uh, mm-hmm. I also did have the midnight experience. Um, I'm sure many people who are lucky enough to have the midnight experience on the uh, on the West Coast have described it that way. But it was nice to see people tweeting this week about having the midnight experience and getting the text from Alex and Molly was uh, was wonderful. So I was extremely happy to have the midnight experience. Uh, but I admit uh, uh, I went low to go high. I got real grumpy uh, mm. during the day. Um, mm-hmm. Just general life stuff, feeling busy, all that. But. I so love the Mandalorian and I so love the Bad Batch. Mm. And I know uh, for a lot of people, they're like, great. Uh, two two Star Wars dishes, a Star Wars burrito and a Star Wars taco. I don't care. Thanks. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll eat them both. Um, but I sometimes I'm like, I want to have time to really process them. Um, mm-hmm. So I was feeling kind of grumpy about it. And I did my normal midnight experience uh, ritual is set up some action figures and took some pictures and, uh, realized that I had just had a Bad Batch action figure uh, delivered. And mm. like, hey, you know what? Let, let's just relax. It is what it is. Embrace it. You're lucky. You, you get to see two Star Wars shows that you love tonight. You don't need sleep. <laughs> no. um, and set out all of my action figures and characters from The Mandalorian and characters from The Bad Batch got to sit and watch together so for me it was a nice little uh a nice little victory of like no no don't don't go give into the the grumpy side <laughs> mm-hmm. give into the light side 
Hey, it's sometimes quicker, easier, more seductive, as a wise person <laughs> once said. And uh, yeah, yeah, and the bad batch of it all, even some of our dedicated listeners uh, have um, understandably voiced just yeah, frustrated. Gosh, you know, the bad batch is sometimes it seems second tier, and maybe business wise, it comes off that way. Uh, and it's just a harsh reality, but, uh, b- both shows definitely in our hearts, in my hearts. And, and I, and I did not watch, uh, all three episodes of Star Wars television at midnight, uh, or, or, or until I went to bed, I woke up early, like a Christmas morning and unwrapped the Bad Batch for myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I, at, at 1158, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And then I watched Mandalorian and, uh, normally when I watch, uh, Mandalorian, I, I make my big picture notes about what I felt like it was about, like immediately. And then I treat myself to go on social media and see what other people thought. And I knew that people would be be just, uh, you know, jumping up and down about casual Zeb. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't go because on social media, because some people might have made the choice to watch Bad Batch first. And if there's something very specific and very spoilerific, uh, it, it it will be there. Um, so I was like, I'm just watching Bad Batch. And it was an emotional roller coaster. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I was able to go on social media and see, see everybody's uh, uh, reactions to both shows, which was great. Uh, we do want to say that we are recording and releasing this Mandalorian report uh, here on Wednesday. And we are going to wait and record our Bad Batch reaction tomorrow thursday it will be out thursday we really want to give it its due i've watched the episodes uh but but we really we take notes uh we want to give them time to absorb uh uh the, the ideas and uh, do our our best uh, analysis and emotional reaction so we're gonna out of respect for bad batch save it until tomorrow yeah, yeah, I, and and needed uh, for those episodes. Um, uh, no spoilers, but a lot, a lot to, uh, lot to process, a, a lot to work through, and a lot to celebrate. So, yeah, that's the plan. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, uh, not, not any spoilers, but uh, emotional things to process. Yes. So uh, we will save some of that uh, deep emotion for tomorrow, and uh, we will talk our deep Mandalorian emotions now. What was your overall reaction to the episode, The Pirate? Love it, like it, struggle with it, what you expected? Did it surprise you? Where'd you go? Uh, what I expected? Yeah, in a way it did. Yeah, I, yeah. no, in a way. And the previous on, you know, you have those, we all talk about it uh, either on or off air, like the trailer footage, right? What do we have left to see? And you, you can't help but kind of put the, the contextual clues together. And I, I do that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, it is. So I think there was some like, look, there's got to be Gideon. We got to, if he's on the board, we got to put the piece there in some way. We got some threads on course and we got to pick up. Hey, where is Carson? Teva? I don't, ta- oh, Teva. Okay. Um, where is him? Where is he? Where is he? We love him. There he is, and and all that kind of stuff. So I, I felt it hit that, and then uh, going back to Navarro uh, made a lot of sense um, to to me there. So so I expect a lot of it, but in the episode landed very well, meaning like it was flying, and when it landed, I went, "Yay, that was great!" I had some stuff. In the, there were some uneven moments for me, some awkward, I don't know, beats, placements of scenes, some of that kind of stuff. I can get into the reviewer headspace on, um, mm-hmm. like most Star Wars especially now I, I can absolutely push past a lot of that to not just find what I love, which is certainly something we, we want to uh, do around here. But, but this episode had some stuff that just grabbed me by the collars and screamed, look at me. Uh, and, and I did, and I enjoyed uh, a lot of it. There. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of collar grabbing and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this episode in some ways was what I was expecting. We've talked about four weeks. Uh, mm. That first chapter where you get Gorian Shard clearly being angered at Navarro and wanting to drag it back into the past. And then you combine that with having trailer footage of Mando's dropping in mm-hmm. and, uh, and the uh, the great relationship between Din and Grief that they have a um, a, a favor coupon that they pass back and forth <laughs> to one another in a, in a beautiful way. I just think thematically important and resonant uh, to this episode that, but like, like you can figure like, maybe it'll be a surprise. Maybe, maybe the Mandalorians are like, you know what? We're taking Navarro, but it seemed like, yeah, Gorian Shard's going to invade and Grief's going to, get help from from din so there's a part of it that that you could look at it as like yeah i think a lot of people felt that thrust of it coming uh but all the other details all the other nuances all the other forward movement made it really thrilling and exciting to me yeah 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 no i you know it had some great action i love how a lot of it just looked we'll talk about that um yeah so exciting stuff and then i yeah jumping in a bit at the end there but once um once Paz Vizsla said, the armor wants to see you. I just was like, oh, yeah, this is, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for something. <laughs> I've been waiting for more armor in Bo-Katan alone time. And I think, uh, I think even more is probably coming down the line. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I thought this episode was, was really great uh, because I, I do love the big action. That, that is uh, part of it. Uh, I, I thought there was big forward movement in the plot. Uh, mm-hmm. Big threads coming together. Um, I, I love Carson Teva, Teva or Teva. I don't care how it's pronounced. I love him. Yeah. Uh, I know you do too. I know you have been on the, the uh, you, yeah, you have yeah. had like a bumper sticker tattooed to your soul of <laughs> listen to Carson Teva. And this episode was so great because of the way that, uh, that I thought it might be a direct grief asks Dan for help. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that Carson, his perspective, the new Republic, everyone we've already met, uh, mm-hmm. the way that was woven in gave it such power. When Carson uh, Teva says, I don't think this is an isolated episode. It makes perfect sense in the context of the story of uh, the New Republic, this new era. But also, I feel like he could have almost looked directly in the camera and said, I don't think this is an isolated episode, is in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. episodes aren't filler uh obviously Mm -hmm. opinions are opinions if people feel like episodes are filler that that's fine and can be a point of discussion but for me this episode really was the uh carson teva turning to the camera and going it's Mm -hmm. not filler uh so Mm -hmm. many elements uh that we've seen throughout the whole mandoverse but in particular this season which some people i think have have felt is disjointed Mm -hmm. absolutely came together um, I yeah. think the the without Moff Gideon uh, even appearing on screen, the picture of him as the big bad of season three is yeah. coming into focus of of his puppet string plot. Right, he's got. Uh, in, I could be wrong about any of this, but this is the way I'm interpreting it. He's got you know Eli Kane set up uh, in infiltrating and corrupting the New Republic, yeah. uh, stealing cloning equipment for something. Uh, possibly, if Carson Teva's suspicions are correct sent Gorian Shard to attack Navarro. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally think he bombed Bo-Katan's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And with the the big revelation of he appears to have been uh, escaped, rescued, uh, and there's a shard of Beskar, that's such a great cliffhanger because it leaves open all of these, these Gideon possibilities. Is he in league with some Mandalorians? Or is that old 
pillaged Beskar from the Purge that he put there to pull Mandalorians apart? Is that Mandalorians who are breaking away and saying, bleep the New Republic, he needs to die? There's so many interesting ways that that could go. Um, that just kind of the, the big picture, who is the big bad? What are the Mandalorians trying to accomplish? How might Gideon oppose them? To me, that's all becoming much clearer. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We want to talk about pieces on the board. I think I think they're, they're all there. They've they've been there. But but episode five, chapter five of the season, twenty one overall. Yeah, this is what I would want. And I think um, I just yeah yeah I I I I have a lot of theories and thoughts too, uh, which is what also what I loved about this episode. I think that's fun every 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 now and then just to really ask some questions. What do you think happened? Uh, so I can't mm-hmm. wait to that there. Yeah, and this yeah. And this episode really put put a lot of stuff, uh, the big stuff in the fo- in the focus, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's we've talked a lot about the show is called The Mandalorian. We start with a small story on Din. Uh, I think Din is still central, but it's also about the Mandalorians. You know, at, at this point in time, at this era, I think it is about mm-hmm. this era. It is about this big idea of change, which was so prevalent in this episode of. Uh, what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Can you move into the light? Can the New Republic uh, find its feet? So it, it felt like, yep, I, I can get behind people feeling like, ah, Din's not as motivated. Din isn't moving the story as much. But I, I still mm-hmm. think that he is, he's very present. It was a huge step up for um, for Din to be making that sort of leadership speech, that sort of philosophical speech. He's right. led a lot by action, right? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be the one who, who goes and does this. I'm going to step up and do this. But seeing him make like a leadership speech, a pitch mm-hmm. of that. It wasn't just a, hey, hey, can can you guys help out my buddy? That's kind of the creed, mm-hmm. right? He is suggesting a massive change, right? Mm-hmm. He is suggesting actually Let's go live on Navarro. That's more than just a, uh, hey, I got some ass kicking to do. Who wants to go ass kick with me? Because it's the way. So uh, I wanted to put that in the kind of, we'll talk more about it, but I wanted to put that in the kind of the overall reaction because that was a big thing to me of, uh, I think Din is still very present, very central. That was a massive step forward for him to see him making a leadership speech about a massive change to the way Mandalorians exist in the galaxy. No, I, I actually really like that you, you that about the the, the den moment. It, it, it's because that definitely connects to what we're going to talk about the big theme. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it was it's truly a speech of change, right? He's stumping, he's stumping for some change in a big way, and, and how it was no longer to me. We've seen a lot of the transactional relationships, and there's some. I think there's some be- the benefit of it, you know, especially with with Paz's speech. We'll talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it moved a lot of that forward, and and I get yeah, you and I think uh, full disclosure, we have a Q and A question uh, episode coming out Friday where we ask kind of directly about what is going on in, in in season three, and, and as we'll say in that episode, and we'll say here, we had to record that before this, um, that might come up here t- today again. But uh, I, I I we I get the hey, Din is is it's a different Din, it's a different focus, uh, it absolutely is, and and but I still think it's uh, he's he's he's. A key factor in that, including as you and I will discuss on Friday, his stasis. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for our, for our 
questions of the force if that's uh, something that you don't always uh check out coming out on friday like ken said we had to pre-record it we got a great question about what is the plot of season three of mm-hmm. the mandalorian what is the focus we we dove into that and they also got some questions about yeah, the the dark side of the children of the watch and i know a lot mm-hmm. of people are discussing that and wrestling with that so so we went uh, pretty detailed about what's in the text uh for yeah morally questionable actions of children of the watch and it was great to see this episode where there's a little bit of a possible change in the armor we'll discuss mm-hmm. uh but if you're interested in continuing to discuss some of those ideas check out that cues of the force episode uh final overall thought for me ken is a question for you mm-hmm. this was a grogu light episode grogu was present the idea of him i love that pause just straightforward said we did all this <laughs> for this little guy love that <laughs> um <laughs> And Grogu got to to coo and babble a little bit, uh, look look sad in the in the darkness of a cave, um, but not a ton of, of Grogu. How did you feel about that? I'm okay with it. I, I really am okay. It is look in our house, we still call this the Baby Yoda show. So you know, I want to see my fair share of Baby Yoda. But I think all the things happening around him are absolutely going to affect him because he's still very much in the middle of it there, right? And this is a uh, a show that's is asking about the best way to be a Mandalorian, among many other things. And so, um, even when he's just standing there or cooing, as I think it says at one point on the subtitles, Grogu coos, mm-hmm. uh, Grogu um, he's still very much part of it there. But yeah, you know, hey, you know, we had a lot of Grogu last week, so you can go back and watch that too if you need Grogu. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that it was a Grogu light episode because mm-hmm. I absolutely mm-hmm. adore Grogu, but I. I uh, and I love anybody who chooses to call it the Baby Yoda show, but it, you know, it is uh, at this point a growing ensemble. And you know, sometimes uh, Grogu's gonna uh, <laughs> do a backflip <laughs> yeah. and take yeah. a take a backseat. And yeah. uh, I love that the idea of him and his relationship with Din was motivating a ton of what was going on, and what is best for him was motivating what was going on. Uh, but you know, he he didn't have to you know try to eat three things he shouldn't this episode. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into the big themes, the ideas that are at stake in this episode. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're thinking about similar things, but it's always mm-hmm. fun to see how you uh, how you package them, Ken. How you phrase them. So for you, what what were what was uh, one of the big ideas of this episode? Yeah, pa- package it like a school lunch. You got your tray, you got your sausage, <laughs> your pancakes. It's breakfast day. It's school lunch uh, day. Oh, that was the best. Uh, hey, we keep saying it, but I, I, this is truly about what is the best way. Forward. And I think the overall theme of, hey, can we restore Mandalore? Um, can we rebuild? Can we unite? I think it's been present from the beginning, uh, text and subtext. And I think this episode just, you literally had that question being asked and, and some people maybe think being answered. Uh, but that also flows to me into, you know, a lot more uh, with the New Republic. And I think that's been part of what's going on the season and the discussion about the season. What are they saying about the New Republic? Uh, I'm very aware that uh, this is setting up possible stuff that Leia has to deal with later. Um, mm. Anything I said before has not failed to factor that in. I just sometimes, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the full picture of what's going on in the New Republic. Basically, what I'm saying is, I love Tim Meadows, but could someone tell Leia Mon Mothma that they, they need to maybe have a sit down with this guy? Can maybe someone sit down? <laughs> um, I'm defensive of Mothma and Leia's uh, New Republic at this point. I'll, I'll have to own that. Um, but yeah, how do we rebuild Mandalore? You talked about grief has changed. The pirates still representing the past. There's a lot about the best way to go forward. And it, uh, for me, what you, you said with the Din stuff is the covert makes this choice to help. 
Um, but there's questions in that for me. Uh, they, they, they have a potential to build this home. Uh, but then the, the idea of retake Mandalore, whether that's literal or figurative, uh, you could go both ways with it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you could, you could follow that out, see where it goes. Um, I don't know if they're just going to sit on Navarro and, and open up a storefront, but maybe, maybe, um, but they have that choice in front of them. And so absolutely this ep- episode saw some of them pause being a leader of that along with Dan and Bo-Katan, breaking a bit of their, their taught rigidity, rigidity, you know, the rigidity mm-hmm. that they've been taught and the armor is at the center of that. And is she losing control or changing herself? I don't trust her. We're going to talk about that in more detail, but that flows into <laughs> the theme of, Hey, what is the best way forward? And sometimes it, you, you do have to come together um, and find together the best way forward. That That's great on paper. It doesn't always work in life and not in Star Wars either. So that's where I'm looking at the big focus. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And, and I agree with you. They have been taught a rigidity that by its nature is taught. T-A-U-T taught. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where my, my word confusion is. As I started, as I started saying. I've been taught, taught rigidity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and and is it uh is it bending is it breaking is mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. uh evolving is it becoming flowing and organic i think star wars has a lot to say about the rigid versus the flowing and organic um i think also star wars has always a lot to say about stronger together right and that has been to me a theme of the mandalorian he he is with his covert he is sort of pushed out of his covert because he's on the run with Grogu then the covert is gone and he's going out into the galaxy and making more connections and, and building more bonds himself and and growing and changing from that um mm-hmm. in this episode uh, it, it was some of his leadership to be like hey maybe we can change uh, mm-hmm. but this idea of specifically changing by unity by working together stronger together I felt like was uh, all over this episode in, in particular um we're reminded throughout the episode that Din has drawn strength from connection. You know, it mm-hmm. is this whole episode is a, Hey, <laughs> remember that episode where this character helped that character or gave this character a break. Everything that is happening in this episode, everything that is happening in the plot is predicated on people having been there for one another. Uh, Din has drawn strength from his connection to Grogu, to Bo-Katan, to Peli, to Grief. But in this episode, it's these um, various chains of honor in helping uh, Carson to Din, Din to Paz, mm-hmm. Bo-Katan to Paz, Din and Grief to one another. It's explicit mm-hmm. in some of the dialogue, right? Uh, I love when uh, when Din says to Bo-Katan, uh, this man cut me a break once and now I'm returning the favor, you know? Yeah. Uh, or Carson. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is saying that about, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, and, and Din is saying, he's right. I got to help that guy, uh, about <laughs> uh, Bo-Katan response. You can't do it alone. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pauses line. Uh, I have had many disagreements with this man and we're like asterisk. We've seen a couple literal fights, uh, but he risked his life to save my son. And Bo-Katan Kreese did not give up on my child's life, even when the rest of us did. Uh, speaking to that need to change and evolve. But yeah. also this this entire, like, we sometimes joke that the way the Mandalorian is written uh, reminds me of comic books I read as a kid. And you pick up one issue of X-Men and Stan Lee would have asterisks everywhere. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Check out Amazing Spider-Man, you know, 258, if you want to know about that one. Mm-hmm. And this this one was full of uh, Stanley asterisks in a, mm-hmm. in a great way to build this picture of 
unity and returning a favor and being there for one another. And I think that really continued into the action itself, right? The defeat of the pirates is unity. It's the Mandalorians working together. It's the town folk uh, pitching in, even the monkey lizards. (laughs) Yes. Uh, pitch in instead of sitting there and laughing. Uh, the, the great moment where the monkey lizard warns a Mandalorian about an ambush. Um, Bo Katan's lying to them, saying, You will operate as a tight military unit. Even sort of the way they're doing it, of like, this isn't go in and mm-hmm. be the biggest, be the strongest. This is work together. So it, that idea of unity was there in the, in the big action scenes as well. And everyone is benefiting from these ideas of unity. I think it's great to point it out that it exists even in those action scenes. Uh, that's that's just a basic uh, of writing, you know. You you learn even in the fistfights who they are, and God, mm-hmm. they're really clear. Um, not just because uh, they got good tactics, but what they were doing and 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 how and the why of it. Um, not leaving friends behind is so clear in this episode, um, and I love seeing that at play. I love seeing that how that's from Carson's perspective, right? It's it, I, I had this I had this weird reaction to seeing here he is in the New Republic five years in or so, right? I know a couple years or whatever, give or take. He's sitting there talking to new Republican people going, there's, there's, there's pockets out there of, of stuff happening. We and, and that could be affecting people. Even if they don't agree with us, we got, we can't leave them behind. And, and Navarro being an independent planet doesn't mean everyone d- disagrees with the new Republican. You know what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But take that to five years into the empire. Take that to, you know, 10 years in the empire. There's pockets of fomenting, sir. We got to go put it out. Mm-hmm. And and we gotta not do it for the people. We gotta do it for the resources. We we gotta snuff out those fires. And just to see those two inside, and 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 it, but it being driven, Carson Tevin knowing that it needs to be driven by. We can't leave anyone behind. We can't leave friends behind. Um, we must stay connected. So even in the action, even in the debates, it's all there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that was uh, such a great payoff to spending a, a longer time with the New Republic and seeing the challenge of the New Republic, seeing the mm-hmm. mixture of good and noble intentions. Let's not just execute everyone who is an Imperial. Let's give them a path forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe that path forward is not what we want it to be because it is a little rigid. Maybe there have been too many compromises. This picture to me of the New Republic that uh, is trying to do right, but is truly struggling with the size of the job. Maybe some of the flaws are philosophical, but some of the flaws in this episode seem to really be pointed out to be uh, the scale of the problem, right? Yeah. Um, we're told like, hey, we're having problems with the pirates in the mid-rim world, mm-hmm. which to me suggests like, yeah, that Le- Leia and Mon Mothma aren't off, you know, partying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, they are probably trying to stop, uh, you know, a, some civil war from breaking out and among core worlds are a bigger threat in mid rim worlds or, you know, any, any number of, of big, big challenges. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that this episode goes out of its way to show that the new Republic's uh, bureaucracy is at risk of punishing planets for not showing unity right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. casual zeb (laughs) says Mm -hmm. about the new republic they haven't returned to dispatch in weeks they're swamped you'll never get an answer in time and Mm -hmm. you know good old grumbly zeb like Mm -hmm. i think being honest they're swamped it's not that they don't care it's not that they disagree with this philosophically they're answering a thousand of these calls and and they can't get to this one um even uh even uh lieutenant tuttle tim meadows (laughs) yeah yeah we have a backlog request from member worlds that have priority. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and to me, it's it's really easy to get upset with that. But that isn't a to me that isn't a, and I'm just speaking a personal opinion that isn't flawed philosophy. That isn't him saying uh, they don't deserve help. This isn't a mm-hmm. problem. It's that reality of there are a thousand problems and we only have the resources to address five of them. Yeah. It's awful. What are we going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. there's great stuff, I think, in in books uh, set in the rebellion era, but also set in the new republic era where Leia is constantly wrestling with this kind of stuff, uh, where Mm -hmm. Padme is wrestling with this kind of stuff of like, Mm -hmm. we need to find a way because we have to be there for people, but we don't have all the resources, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think where that becomes really an interesting story about the new Republic. That's interesting by itself of is the philosophy correct, but the resources aren't there. And maybe, maybe there's a flaw in the way the bureaucracy was set up. But it, in this uh, scene, what we see is Kane's manipulation mm-hmm. elevates the situation from unfortunate bureaucracy and lack of resources to malicious, to yeah. the opposing viewpoint of Din's unity uh, it's Kane who gives Tuttle the more vicious out of Kane saying, perhaps the leaders of Navarro need to understand why becoming a Republic signatory is valuable. Yeah. And offering in this very cruel, seductive way to change that, that new Republic perspective from it's unfortunate. We don't have the resources to yeah, sign up or too bad. Hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a really interesting to me a way of, of showing the new Republic has good intentions, limited resources, but what other philosophies creep in where they make bad choices? And Kane is literally, I, I believe an agent of Moff Gideon there to poison the well. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great breakdown of that scene there. It also makes you think of, you know, if you got that kind of, tweaking of, of 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 the philosophy right and you know the other side you got you know Corey and shard like you said earlier right they can't even protect the mid rim um they're, they're weak they're ineffectual that might cause someone like reef cargo to be like yeah you know you're right you're right and and uh cut cut off any any hope of of of, of help for the new republic and all that kind of stuff it really twists the philosophy stuff that you're talking about so that you might vilify the new republic too early in the game again there's going we know we're, we have the benefit of knowing star wars story enough now that that's some of it goes a little sour or some of it remains sour and that's very realistic to me mm-hmm. um very realistic to me but yes yeah some, something could be teetered and tottered and pushed over real easily with, with some of that thought yeah in, in it, it, you know, when when we're talking about the New Republic, we're talking about people, right? And we got a Tuttle who's like, ah, it's not, it, it's, I, I, th- this one doesn't have a, a blue stamp on it. So uh, I'll try uh, mm-hmm. just bureaucracy and then slipping into like, yeah, well, maybe you got to prioritize member worlds. Maybe that's getting a little, a little nasty, but you got a Carson uh, Teva who's like, they need help. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, maybe he could just say, hey, Zeb. Hey, Moncala pilot, stop drinking. We're going. Uh, maybe <laughs> hey, he weird just... guy in a cowboy hat. Let's get in your act. <laughs> hey, directors of The Mandalorian, let's make a difference. Um, but he finds a way, right? He, he mm-hmm. puts the spirit of it forward and finds an organic, non-rigid way to make help. And, and he he does it by also preserving and being aware of unity of like, hey, Dan. I know you enough to know you're going to go help your friend. I, I couldn't 
live with myself if I didn't tell you your friend's in danger. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think great, great point, counterpoint to unity. And I, I really want to dive into what's going on with your armor. Uh, Cause I think you and I are on similar pages. Yeah. What's a massive uh, shift possibly is that the armor seems to see the strength in value of unity. Uh, Bo-Katan has expressed it explicitly of saying, even when she's, you know, having a hard time depressed, they're, they're walking down to the uh, mines of Mandalore, which she thinks is just, it's just some water, uh, nothing important. She's saying we got stomped by the empire because my sister was right. We've been fighting amongst ourselves for too long. If we weren't fighting amongst ourselves, we would have been strong enough. Uh, which I think is is the question of the rest of the season is when when Moff Gideon comes for them in whatever way he does or Thrawn if you're in that camp when it, when it, whoever comes for the Mandalorians are they going to stay together are they going to fracture um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us have been waiting for l- that perspective of Bo-Katan's of like we all have to come together to butt heads butt helmets with the armor to see the armor say all right the creed says loyalty and solidarity is the way uh but it also says you have to follow every other rule of the way i'm going to elevate that part of the creed the creed that says loyalty and solidarity i'm going to elevate that part of the creed and bend a little on the helmet thing Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make up a new binary where there Mm -hmm. are there are two paths and i am it's still very um i think authoritarian to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to bestow upon you the gift that you can take yeah, your helmet yeah. off. Um, even even using her station of like, do you respect me? Yeah. Then, yeah. then, t- then do what I told you to do and break my own rule. Uh, but it, it really is the, this uh, idea of unity that seems to be animating the armor, right? That great forge speech uh, where she compares the opulent one uh, on Mandalore of old and this, you know, sad sewer forge, <laughs> no. and says, yet they were both forges. They say they served the same purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot in this that can be really fist bumping. Of the armor is going to bend a little bit, evolve a little bit, change a little bit in order to bring all Mandalorians together. But I also think that there are some still some dark chords and some questions <laughs> with that as well. So I want to start there. I want to get your thoughts on on what's maybe positive uh, about the armors move toward unity and what are the dark chords for you? Uh, there's more, more dark chords playing in this little song than, than positive ones for me, which I love. I, I, I said, I was waiting for this moment here and Bo-Katan to me, the last couple episodes has been, um, well, she's very active. She's making choices. Let me be clear about that. But in those quiet moments, there's so much going on, right? There's so much going on. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know she she the character is going through a lot of things. I want I want her to take that big giant step forward, right? So not frustrated with the show. I'm frustrated. Like you're just you're sitting back a lot, right? And, but but you, you you would be because you just saw the myth of sword. You're not sure what the bleep is going on, <laughs> and you're not <laughs> sure. And you have a lot of failures. Um, we talked off. I I think it's just a little of that energy of uh, Luke on Octo of like I I I'm gonna break the cycle by doing nothing. And she you know, leg up on the on the throne and and she's emerged from that to this. And it's just, it's a confusing moment to think maybe she's getting what she might have wanted from the armor at one point. Maybe mm-hmm. when she first met Den, uh, we must walk the way together. Great. Well, you and I have said that this this show seems to be asking the season seems to be asking. Well, what is the way? And um, I'm excited by some of the stuff the armor says, but man. 
it's not enough for a few to walk it, right? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Are we forging a new way? Because it doesn't sound like it. You can take off your helmet because I said so. And the music's a little ominous before. Every look, Emily Swallow is, is playing, even with that mask on, even in that uh, the the rescue on Navarro. I, I'm, I'm wondering, again, this isn't something that I, I think the show is saying in this particular episode. I'm just wondering, um, she's looking around going, I'm losing them. So how do I get them back? Let me give them all a little, the, 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 the tide is turning. Paz now says we go help. Um, she's around, she's saving kids. My way got them killed. She's saving. Mm-hmm. What do I do with that? How do I manipulate that? How do I give the uh, appearance of change, but really I'm still in control? I'm not saying that's where this all ends up. Maybe next week she pulls off her helmet. She's like, this is great. Let's have a new way party. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just fascinated by it. Uh, and I want more of them sitting there figuring this out. Because I, I wanted this scene, but it, it's not yet to its final form for me where, where I want Bo to be like, what's your problem with me? Who are you? Are you Rook Cast? Do you know Rook Cast? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Um, did I know you before? Uh, and, and cause, cause this doesn't still, still doesn't seem right. in it, 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 when you break it down, but it definitely seems right overall. Um, which also, by the way, you could watch this special last two weeks. You can watch it and maybe find yourself cheering for the children of watch when maybe you don't want to, maybe you don't think you should, maybe you don't think we should. And I don't, but I don't think the show's saying cheer with both hands and don't look behind you. There's something going on with this. Um, and it has a lot to do with, all right, let's find this way together. But what is your view on that? Yeah, no, I love what you're saying. And I, and I really agree with you. There, there are parts of it. There's like, this is thrilling to see the armor acknowledge. Uh, they're, they're both forges. We're all Mandalorians. We mm-hmm. all need to find a way to be together. Right. So there, there is something fist pumping about it. There, there's something fist pumping in, in last week's episode about, mm-hmm. you know, the highest part of the creed is rescuing a, a, a foundling. Um, we really got into this on that questions of the force episode um, where we talked about some of the great things that uh, it would seem like maybe the majority of our uh, general cultural morality would go, Hey, hey rescuing kids <laughs> working together. <laughs> Thumbs yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but then really trying to break down a lot of what the armor has done or said uh, up and uh, to, and including, we still don't know the, quite the connection between the children of the watch and the death watch and if you go watch those clone wars episodes uh they are murderers and liars who believe mm-hmm. might makes right and will terrorize even other mandalorians uh innocently to get power because power is what matters uh mm-hmm. previsla you know it, that that leads him to be headless um mm-hmm so there's still that question. So there's there's so much going on with the armor where it's this wonderful tension where I want to believe that she can uh, be shifting a little bit. But so much of what we've seen about her and what uh, we tried to discuss in that Cue the Force episode is um, th- there's so much authoritarian rigidity, right? There's the, mm-hmm. I, I, will, uh, I will raise you and protect you, but I won't tell you that there are other perspectives. You can leave any time you want you can question mm-hmm. our way, but I won't tell you that you're, there's another way when you're a child. You, you, you yeah. can be forgiven, but only in this rigid, conditional way. So there's plenty that's piled up that's made me go, I want, you know, when she says you have walked both worlds, you are the one who, who can unite us. I want to believe her. But there is so much that is still authoritarian, right? I was I was really taken by the scene where like, oh, this is the ritual. You you can question things. You, you can ask for the talking hammer. 
yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 say your piece. But there's yeah. still that subtle note of once Din and Pa speak and everyone agrees, it's like she stamps it at the end when she says this is the way. Still the final voice, right? Mm-hmm. Even after everybody else said in chorus, this is the way, she still said this is the way in the final way. Yeah. When she is trying to be open, <laughs> uh, when she appears to be open and flexible, the way she says it to Bo-Katan of do you respect my station and that absolutely phenomenal delivery from Emily Swallow the second time she's like take the helmet off mm-hmm. that's the voice of somebody who isn't questioned mm-hmm. um, so there's this tension to me of what does that line that you called out mean our people have strayed from the way and it is not enough for a few to walk it we must walk it together mm-hmm. that might mean these are the common beliefs among Mandalorians. This is what we all can agree on. And if there are a couple things different, great. But we know from, from last week's episode, they got the, the creeds long. <laughs> uh, maybe not the one you say when you take a bath, but they got it down to, to, to subsection 47 FB of how you eat at the campfire based on your role at the, like, uh, there's a lot to the old ways and is the armor saying it's enough that we have this general, we agree about foundlings, we agree about honor, mm-hmm. we agree about helping one another, we agree about preserving strength, preserving our culture, Beskar is sacred. Is that all enough? Or mm-hmm. is it, hey, once you bring them all to me, I will put them under the hammer and they will walk the way, my way, the only way, once I get them all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just have fun speculating. Of, you know, who else will show up? You know, you, you know, and how are you going to get them? <laughs> <laughs> just you picturing know. Boba Fett going like, "Why am I here? Uh, why am I here?" Or, or you know, <laughs> Costco Reeves be like, "I'm not putting my helmet on." Why? Because I, I had this thought again. This is um, beyond just analyzing the show, but just like this thought of like, "All right, I thought maybe Paz Vizsla would take his helmet off." Right there, you have uh, uh, Tate Fletcher playing the role and voice of the role mm-hmm. now. A lot of people have been talking. All right, maybe that means mask off at some point. That makes sense for me. I think I think you'll see Emily Swallow's face at some point too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens at that moment? Pause goes. Oh, great! I've been trying to breathe. Whew. <laughs> what does the armor do then? Does she let it go? Uh, she try, what? What is she trying to keep all the apples uh, in, in the uh, in the bushel in the basket? You know, mm-hmm. uh, one's out. Uh, the other's going to jump and is she okay with that? I don't know that answer right now, which is why I love that scene so much. Yeah. She has invented a framework where for her to reach the goals that she currently believes in, it is okay for Bo-Katan to take her helmet off. Right. There's, there's still, (laughs) you know, I think Din is probably attached to the belief right now and is still in the the mindset of this is the way I should keep my helmet on. Right. Uh, But what happens the next time Grogu needs to see his face needs to touch his cheek. You know, mm-hmm. and he's in, and, and he's still looking to the armor for permission, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, <laughs> is he going to make daily bathing trips? Is that, is that how they're going <laughs> to work it out? Yeah. Tuesday, I take it off. Wednesday, I take a bath. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the spirit of the thing. The armor is in cahoots with the, the big bath industry, uh, trying to <laughs> stoke up bath bomb sales. Uh, every yeah. Day. But yeah, but, yeah. but cause this is huge. This is a huge development. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe the armor for most of it. I don't. I think that she believes in in bringing as many Mandalorians together yeah. as possible. I think she believes in retaking Mandalore. But I think there are 
yes. so many questions after that. A, it's uh, she's invented a very binary way that there can be together. But there are two ways now to walk. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett's got at least has got a third, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and these are the two that are now sanctioned by her. Um, I, there's the lingering question of the dark saber of, uh, mm-hmm. great. The armor is still in control because she appointed Bo-Katan to be in control yeah. for now, yeah. for this mm-hmm. mission. But that dark saber, uh, she's not letting the tradition of that go for, for a second there. I thought she was going to be like, uh, Bo-Katan must join us together. <laughs> Take the dark saber from Din. You know, yeah. is that coming at, at some point? Um, Mm-hmm. There is, to me, th- this huge lingering question about the Children of the Watch, their connection to Death Watch, what the entirety of the creed is. Because we've seen a version of the Children of the Watch who are just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. But the idea of them just living all helmeted, all weapons are religion, next to, you know, some uh, space Renfair buskers. Um, at what point does the armor have a belief that mm, it's not enough that you, high magistrate, are letting us live here? Might makes right. Mandalorians must fight. We we must prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. This city, this whole planet is ours. At, at what point for the armor is that philosophy that the Death Watch believed going to come back? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is why I'm waiting. I've said it before. I'm waiting for Bo-Katan or someone to say the actual names we know. Yes. Team. Yeah. Fenra, um, Rookcast, all those names. And some of those still have a factor in the show. I know. I've heard some of the rumors too, friends. But I, I'm waiting for that. Let's let's get down to it. The nitty gritty. That's yeah. Happened. And, and it, it could also be that the armor is somebody who is a, a, a picture of uh, of belief. And sometimes those beliefs lead her to be rigid and violent. And yeah. if, if Bo-Katan really does burst out of the core of Mandalore riding a mythosaur, is the armor, you know, have such belief that she just falls to her knees? And yeah, of course, Bo-Katan's right. leader. She's riding a mythosaur. You know, she seemed really emotionally affected by, hmm. I was taught it was a legend. But you're telling me it's real. Like, I don't I don't really feel like it was Din's great, let's all work together. I don't feel like it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, Grief's, you know, thanking and honoring them and giving them land for free. <laughs> yeah. That was moving the armor. Mm-hmm. It was the, the power of the mythosaur, the power of Din and Bo-Katan's leadership the the what you were saying that that the rest of her followers are like hey this living in the light thing sounds pretty good maybe we should do that and she's like mm, okay how do i stay on top of this yeah yeah no i i 100 agree with you there there's i i'd even say there's maybe perhaps a lot, a lot of fear in her right exactly that, that that she's been shattered uh her her belief system might have been a little shattered a little cracked at least but you're telling me it's real going back to the moment when bo katan even tells her right Sure, well, she sure. can't even process it then and, apparently if this mm-hmm. is that's mm-hmm. my that, that's kind of what i inferred now from this episode mm-hmm. about last episode of like that is so mind-blowing to me i have nothing to say at the moment <laughs> yes yeah yeah and here she is trying to form what to say and and um you know at some point it's almost just plot speculation for me but i'm just like I, I love, first of all i love your love your image i think i put some money down on much like it was, hey, Boba Fett's going to ride a Rancor, or, you know, Bo-Katan on a Mythosaur with the dark saber <laughs> held aloft. Uh, I could very well uh, see that happening. We could very well see that happening. Uh, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, I'm just intrigued by by what the armor is doing and not saying in this stuff. Yeah, that image of her on the balcony in grief. It was it was brief and it wasn't mm. overplayed, but it was. She lived. She had to live in the sewers there, and mm. it was tactical that she went up there and took out that gun. But then she's up there on the top, and there's just that image to me of like, is it in her creed that? She lets somebody, she lets foolish, pompous grief cargo keep that, or by right should it be right. hers. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. They stop at the at the borders that he's yeah. uh, giving them. The Bullock Canyon. We'll yeah. Talk. Yeah. And this is all speculation. I'm not saying this is the way it is or this is the way it's going to be. What's uh-huh. enjoying to me about it is, is we don't know. And those connections between Death Watch and Children of the Watch got to be explored at some point, I think, to, to understand mm-hmm. what their. What does the creed say once they're not just trying to survive? You know, um, and I guess for me that that was one of the other big picture ideas that that you brought up. One of the other way I broke down some of the ideas in, in scenes in this episode is that ongoing question of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Uh, are you good with diving into that? Yeah, uh, let's take a dive into the waters of Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've talked a lot throughout the show last couple episodes. I've been really focused on how much of this show is in that first interaction between. Uh, Din in in Grogu. That question of what d- does a Mandalorian mean? What is a Mandalorian uh, for Din? Their uh, salvation, not death. Grogu looks up. He needs to see salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what a Mandalorian is. Lots of things Din has said since then about like this is why I believe in the Creed because it's about keeping us safe and keeping us together and protecting the young. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that question that's been on the table since the beginning of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian, and uh, we've heard you know. Now, lots of parts of the creed of the Children of the Watch of what is the way, but now this episode is really pushing on what are different definitions of Mandalorian and and change be a part of the way, <laughs> mm. you know? Is that way down at the bottom of the creed of like, and sometimes the way can change. Are there amendments allowed to the creed, you know? Um, yeah. mm. And I, I think some some classic fist pumping Mandalorian stuff is on display in this episode. Just the idea of honor, right? That mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is, it is good and right for a Mandalorian to help someone who has helped them. Um, right. right. You know, uh, Karg is your friend. You won't let him die. You know, um, mm-hmm. the pause business lines. If I have had many disagreements with this man, but he risked his life to save my son. Bo-Katan Kreese did not give up on my child's life. Even when the rest of us did. It, it's so about honor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what gets everybody. It's one of the things that gets uh, everybody fist pumping. Um, and I feel like, so there's a great big idea of honor throughout it, which is attached to the unity, but it's also attached to the Mandalorian identity. And mm-hmm. one of the other big things to me that, that Paz says, and, and Bo-Katan both say is, they take this view of a Mandalorian as salvation uh, mm-hmm. and take it a little bit farther, Right. Pause's surprise <laughs> stump speech, right? Of the question we should be asking ourselves is why? Why should we lay our lives down yet again? Because we are Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of our power, our, our strength, our weapons, our fearsomeness is in the service of uh, helping those who have helped us. And Bo-Katan puts an even finer point on it where she says, you lived there once hiding in the sewers but now you can be heroes. Mm-hmm. We haven't ever had that word kind of attached to Mandalorians of like, here's a vision of what Mandalorians they can be. They can be heroes. They can be the one 
like that the people on Navarro want the X-Wings to show up and everybody cheers because they're a symbol of hope and freedom. Right. Can the Mandalorians be that? Can that, can, is that how we can express our strength? Or is our strength only being like when a Mandalorian shows up, everybody knows they should be terrified. Uh, they should start paying tribute and run. That's a vision of Mandalorian strength is death. Here, a, a vision of Mandalorian strength is salvation is being pitched yeah. explicitly by Bo-Katan and I think also by Paz. Yeah, the commitment to honor is, is clearly big with them, right? That that's what that's what we do, right? Norm sits at the end of the bar in a chair. That's what he does. This is what they do. Uh, they <laughs> commit to this honor, and I love it. The, your, your idea of, of death and, and 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 salvation, right? That is that's that's on the poster, uh, and I think that's absolutely. And you're tying it back to the initial meeting with Grogu, right? That, and, and yeah, and the 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 Din's uh, say being saved, and I love that, and that's at play very much here um what are we going to be what are we we are cool we are we look look at even the 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 view of them in the fandom right historic mm -hmm. and generally speaking mando mercs walk into the convention floor they got the armor they got the weapons and they look pretty badass you know part of me has always been jealous that i can't look that cool i get it i get it <laughs> why are you doing that why are you walking around with that and that's always been at stake um in 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 the Mandalorian people as it's played out now here in canon and which pulls obviously from a lot of uh Legend stuff now. Uh, that's 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 clear as as we analyze it. And so that's that's central to the question. And 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 what do you want to be? How do you want how uh, how do you want to approach that? Um, how do you want want to be received? I think that's that's in Bo's heart. Uh, and if she can just convince everyone else, but um, yeah, I think that's central to what's going on: death versus salvation. Yeah, and I, and I think for for Bo's journey and, and why she has. Um, has uh, struggled so much, right? Is that she has been a part of the death watch way of mm -hmm. uh, Mandalorians are, you should fear us and you should bow down and might makes right. And strength is, is, is that's what strength means. Mm -hmm. uh, but then she realized the folly of those ways, tried to lead in a different way, tried to lead in the way that her, her sister did, where there's a different kind of strength. So to see that kind of hope return to Bo-Katan of like, maybe this group can be what I want Mandalorians to be heroes, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was really, really powerful for, for Bo-Katan. I think it, it makes me even more frightened that the armor is going to pull the rug out from under her. Cause I think Bo-Katan is, is yeah. getting what she wants and what she needs. Yeah, it goes, this is what, again, going back to why I sometimes just want the names being mentioned, only only just uh, fully just uh, dive into it on, on the show. Yeah. Go to the clone wars and stuff, right? Right. That's even what the death watch was trying to sell. Um, that we 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 are your salvation, salvation, but really we're death, right? They 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 was it was a mm -hmm. lie. It was all manipulation, all these attacks, all these things, and we'll save you. Satine can't save you. She is someone who wants to change and change our traditional values. And and here we are. We got your back. Power is our strength. And so to, to emerge from that and lose her sister in that, to lose her, her 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 people, her culture, her her own place in all of that, not just in terms of power, but her identity. Yeah, I. I, I I think you're right. I think Bo's Bo-Katan's got this like, ah, this feels right. And, and, and we can do this. Um, and I don't think that's going to go smooth, which I kind of like for right now for the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really agree. I really agree. I don't, I, I think that's going to be the heart of the conflict because the other question of what is a Mandalorian that was really raised to me in this episode is this view of living in the light, playing in the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when Carson first comes there, there's the tension of the, this is the way the covert hides is if anybody finds out where the covert is, we, we run. And in some ways that's very, that, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
the armor presented that is that this is the way because that is what is going to keep us uh, alive and safe. But then there's that like, eh, but but how do you hold that with being like we are so strong mm. and mighty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to see the contrast where you know Din comes out there spitting spitting the way to to Carson of Mandalorians pride ourselves on our secrecy. And he turns around, and he gives his his rousing uh, talking hammer speech, <laughs> mm-hmm. where he says, "Perhaps it is time for us to live in the light again." on a planet where we are welcome so our culture may flourish and our children can feel what it is to play in the sunlight. Mm. Uh, Direct ties to chapter four uh, Mm. of The Mandalorian, of Sanctuary, of watching Grogu just play, just be a kid, you know? Yeah. Still got to, you know, learn to use the darts, (laughs) (laughs) you know, probably probably take the creed when he can speak and all that. But Mm -hmm. this idea that how much of, of what we are has become uh, hidden, frightened. Can we go out and can we just enjoy peace in prosperity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the contrast between the armor briefly looking out from the high peak of, of the office to visiting that lowly forge hidden mm-hmm. in the sewer. Like the point mm-hmm. she's making is it's, it's all still Mandalorian to, Bo-Katan, but to me that that image was powerful too mm. and, and I felt it in grief's you know wonderful speech of like take this land for free you're awesome let's be neighbors they're all honorable <laughs> about it but like is there not one of them going yeah and, and then we're gonna take what you got because that mm. that's got to be so there's this vision that everybody seems to be like yeah you know what bleep hiding yeah we're gonna take care of the foundlings emotionally too we're gonna move them away from dinosaur death river yeah we're gonna live in the sun in the, but the immediate question after that is can they accept that can they mm-hmm. accept peace and prosperity can they just be friendly neighbors or is the children of the watch's way is the armor's way to conquer mm-hmm. are they still warriors with no one to fight Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 There. Um. Yeah. Again, this a lot of this about when you go for you make these choices to change, and how do you keep going forward? How do you keep adapted? Uh, liber- liberator or conqueror? Uh, uh, what What's your view inside? Mm. Uh, even Kane mentioning that, right? Uh, I was. Mm-hmm. I was liberated. Um, mm. Totally yeah. manipulative from her perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lie. <laughs> you know. A lie. a lie. Indeed. Um. Yeah, I just have, I'm having fun uh, just waiting. I'm waiting for the armor to explode. <laughs> not not literally, but just like I'm waiting for her to get her bearings and see what she does. You're, you're so right. Are we going to stay at our nice little plot of land? No, we're going to, we need, to, it's time to retake Mandalore. Well, that's definitely mm-hmm. not. We've got a new farm. Let's move in. Go, everyone go back to Dinosaur Attack uh, River and let's get, <laughs> get our stuff, pack up the bags, and we're going to move over here. Uh, it doesn't seem the vibe, even, even though you know, retaking Mandalore, rebuilding Mandalore is, is central to the the show and this season's plot. From the armor, that's again goes my 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 thing I said up top. I don't trust her. Yeah, and, and some of that is you, like we keep saying, pulling in what is the connection between Death Watch and Children of the Watch? Because Death Watch would not have been happy to just mm-hmm. be friendly neighbors with children mm-hmm. playing in the sun. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So uh, last idea for me is, you know, this idea of home has been strong throughout the this season in particular of, you know, can Navarro suffice as a home? Uh, can Din provide a home for Grogu? Uh, Bo-Katan losing 
uh, the the last home she had. Now this idea of re- reclaiming Mandalore, you know, home as a place, but also a people and mm. the, um, the ambiguity of it is time to retake Mandalore. They literally physically mean the planet or they mean rebuild the Mandalorian nation, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any other big picture thoughts from you? Uh, no, no. I, I do want to discuss what, you know, what a pirate is, I guess. is, is the key to the episode. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we, uh, normally do analyze, uh, the title. The mm-hmm. pirate, uh, is I think pretty straightforward in that there's, there's a, a big green pirate. <laughs> <laughs> with dangly face bits uh did you take that uh that title to have a uh, larger depth uh i i you know what i'm trying to find the depth and sometimes that isn't necessarily the way it goes looking at the definition of piracy pirates all that kind of stuff but I also just think this is a chapter that is about what this pirate gorian shard and his his crew um cause for other people, right? They're the, they're at the, in, in a way, they're at the center of change for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. So the pirate is the influence throughout it. And that just might be where I go with it. There's could be other ways though. Yeah. I, I think for me, it, it, it's, it is explicit, but it also invites these thoughts of, um, the pirates represent the opposite of what our heroes are accomplished, accomplishing, mm-hmm. right? Of, uh, unity, uh, defense of home. The pirates are invaders who take what they want because might makes right. They are, they've been set up in this season to be directly opposed to the idea of change. It was a cantina once. We like it as a cantina. It's not a school. It's a cantina. We even get a shot of them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, belligerently drinking in the in, cantina yeah. slash school, uh, mm-hmm. as they insisted that they they should uh so i think it also invites din and bo katan and even pause seem to be kind of making an argument of let's let's focus on the part of the creed that's loyalty and solidarity and being heroes being salvation but there are parts of the traditional mandalorian way that are to be the pirate you yeah. come and you take because might makes right so i i think the title does have that tension of um you know, that's what you and I are talking about. The lingering question of is the armor kind of on board with the pirate too, or is she more about honor and unity and, and yeah. can she square that? Yep. Yep. Can she square it indeed there? Um, but yeah, in terms of just a uh, straight up, uh, uh, you know, great pirates in pop culture history, Garin Shard might've made the list. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about our, our pirate feelings as we as we get into canon. But uh, let's now uh, take a quick break and then we are going to be back to talk casual Zeb uh, comedy moments, action moments, lots of great stuff back in a moment. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back. We're talking the big picture ideas of Chapter 21, The Pirate. Uh, We're talking about the possible future of what it's going to mean to be a Mandalorian, but we're also going to have some fun with the great Star Wars canon, lore, connections, uh, and comedy and action, all that great stuff. We're going to go first to canon, lore, and what I continue to call casual Zeb Mm -hmm. uh, because of the way he just wandered into the back of the shot like an extra. And then, of course, he did have some dialogue. Uh, I saw many people on social media go through the exact same thought process that I did of like, it's a Lassat. Could it be Zeb? Oh, that's that sure sounds like Zeb. Oh, look in the credits. It's Steve Blum. That's Zeb. <laughs> and yep. and the credits say Zeb. Zeb. Um, <laughs> great reveal that he is in the New Republic Fighter Corps. He didn't end up just uh, hanging out with uh, Lassat with a uh, hot callus as we last see him in the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Rebels conclusion that that Filoni has been explicit about. We don't know exactly when those beats occur. So, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. like, hey, Endor happened. And then all of this montage you see is the next day. 
Filoni's right. been clear about that. So yeah. maybe he has yet to go visit Lasat Town with uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. with Hot Callus. Um, right now in the New Republic Fighter Corps, great blue outfit. Um, uh, the, this, I think, is exciting people for lots of reasons, including the idea that full Rebels reunion is on the table. So uh, <laughs> talk me through your emotional reaction, how much it was just seeing Zeb, how much of it was thinking forward to the Ahsoka show. Where'd you go? Uh, gosh, yeah, I went to a lot of spots. I called this uh, this sequence three Y-Wings walked into a bar. Uh, rebel based <laughs> here. Y-Wings land. And, and I, I think, it's for, I just think, for, I loved this reveal. Got me really excited. Uh, poor Grace was on the couch with me going, I don't get it. It's a, it's a big monster guy. Why are you excited? And I, <laughs> as quickly as I could, Star Wars Rebels. Um, I love that. That's what it was. That 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 it was so casual. It was t- completely casual. That to the point where I think I was ten seconds in before I was like, all of it connected in my past midnight old man brain. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, that's fine. It's a, he's speaking in an accent like that. Oh my god, it's a. Um, and I just like that. I like that. It's a great purpose in that. And, and yes, it gets me excited for what could happen in Soka just because I thought it looked really good and. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology's gotten better and better, sometimes in frightening ways. But in terms of, hey, we're going to have Rebels 2.0 in the Ahsoka series, Zeb was kind of a question I think I even had more privately than even on any podcast. I'm just like, how's that going to work? That could be mm-hmm. really wonky or it could be good. And I, I have a lot of confidence now going forward that it'll just feel right. And and, and that seems maybe silly to say, but, it, you, know, you, you know, making that leap from animation to live action is is it's, it's it's big and it's important and and it can also you know people have opinions on it and i think this one was a was a home run on a lot of levels and it just was exciting that it was just that way it wasn't he a door opens and he's there to save so and so or save grogu or all that kind of stuff uh i'm not referring to keller and beck but just in some other plot point mm-hmm. um that he was just there he's part of this cause he's part of the new republic yeah, I, I really loved seeing Zeb on multiple levels like you because he just, he looked good. And I think there was a, a question of that translation, not only the live action, but the thing that uh, Filoni has spoken about a lot of like Clone Wars in particular, but Rebels also, they're stylized. So they lo- shouldn't mm-hmm. look or even sound one for one, right? Um, mm-hmm. Steve Blum did a great job in animation in general you you go a little bigger even serious animation yes yeah, um in yeah. in both both cad bane and zeb have been like this tiny like we're dialing it down by five percent you know mm-hmm. um but there's all this question of how are they going to translate it zeb's a <laughs> zeb's a wild looking uh yeah. bean right uh mm-hmm. and is it just going to be like we're happy to see zeb uh but my child is crying because he's too frightening looking in live action right um Right. And to see that was not the case at all. He looked great, felt the warm, friendly, great guy. So th- thrilled to see that he looked good. Um, mm-hmm. I was thrilled to just to see the that he's in the New Republic Fighter Corps, right? That yeah, yeah. Uh, that he he went through all this. You know, he's you know separated from his cell. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what went on with all of them during the war. If he was by Hera's side throughout the entire war, we don't know. Uh, maybe he's been in in the uh, pilot you know since uh since the end of rebels um but it just made sense for him that he's still there he's still contributing he's still believing you know in, in the big picture cause i was really happy to see that um filoni had given that interview recently where he was kind of asked about like hey you're you, you gonna bring in all your animated characters right and <laughs> 
And he said, well, to me, they're just characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the energy that was powerful about casual Zeb is mm-hmm. I'm jokingly mm-hmm. calling him of like, he's just a character. He, not every character needs a reveal. Like Cad Bane's reveal was about being a scary being in the desert. It wasn't yeah. necessarily about being surprised Cad Bane in live action. Um, mm-hmm. Even Ahsoka's intro is one of the things I was dead wrong about. I really thought they'd give a big fanfare mm-hmm. and she, in it, and she just does pop onto the screen from behind and it's mm-hmm. in darkness and we build to her face, but it's just like, bam, she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it right, isn't yeah. like, it isn't like, you know, pulling uh, the, the sheet off the new car and going, ta-da, to the audience. Yeah, it yeah. really is about their characters and they exist in this world and so it's casual. And Zeb was like the biggest like, yeah, he, Zeb just wandered in because he can, because he's a character. We don't need to give him a scene where he <laughs> pops from animation into live action. He's just there. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a... Yeah, he doesn't say something and someone goes, who are you? He goes, oh, I'm Zeb. And I've, none of that. None of that. <laughs> and I think that's what I liked about it. There. And it's funny, too. I'm, do, I'm doing the voice. And Steve Blum, of course, just an amazing performer. I'm not even touching what he does. But I've, I've said, I've even said this podcast before, sometimes I question why, why a character would have that kind of accent on an animated show or in Star Wars, it sometimes seems a little weird, weird to me. It's a personal thing. Even last, last week, some of the Mon Calamari stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, it doesn't always hit for me. Um, I, none of that with this version of Zeb for the two seconds I spent with him. And I, I'm just asking myself, why? Why did I have that po- such positive reaction when I've, I've actually said things against it in the past? I think it's just all to what you're saying. He's just there. And I've He's lived there years now, you know? And I think it is, I'd be happy to be corrected uh, by an interview, but I think it is dialed down just a little bit. Because, I think it's, absolutely. You know, especially early Rebels, it, it was a, a family-friendly show, and, and Zeb had serious character stuff mm-hmm. out of the gate in season one, but he also had just plenty of like, ooh, you annoying kid. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, jokes, yeah. he had bits, you know, he had a shtick, and he had a, he had yeah. a big, grumbly, cranky guy voice to go with it, right? And this was yes. a little bit more casual, live action, chatting yeah. with a uh, awesome drinking buddy Carson Teva. Yeah, um, and I'm glad I'm glad he didn't say like camera bastard, like none of that. Just he just was. <laughs> and, and you know, you, I know we got Peter Ramsey uh, directing this episode, and he's directing some Ahsoka, so that uh, that connection's great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's exciting to see that. The, okay, Sabine uh, confirmed in cast. Hera, we've seen from the back confirmed. We the rumors, but we don't know who's playing her. And at this point, like Ezra of. of seems obvious so full rebels reunion on the table exciting uh i don't know how zeb was realized but he really looks like cgi so Mm -hmm. in this era where we have been celebrating uh the return of ahmed best Mm -hmm. reflecting on uh the triumph of jar jar in terms of a film character that was the first major character to be digital to be mocap and to be a digital character I kind of had a, a, a like, hey, thanks, Jar Jar. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the path that uh, began in the late 90s uh, is why we have a full yeah. a full Zeb, however they accomplish it. Digital, half digital, half, is there a part of him that's a puppet? I don't know. Uh, but Jar Jar is a part of the path that has made Zeb possible. I 100% agree with that. Thank you, Jar Jar and Ahmed and team. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, a lot of my other canon stuff was the uh, Adelphi base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on high alert as soon as we as soon as we got some Y wings. Like we're going to in a base. Mm-hmm. Who could be there? Uh, I think I, I was tempted to pause. Like, is is that Wedge talking to the yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, so I did 
you know, notice the uh, the director pilots, uh, Deborah yeah. Chow, uh, with a character named Sash Ketter, Rick Famiiwa, Jib Dodger, and of course Dave Filoni, Trapper Wolf, in the hat, <laughs> in a shot with Zeb. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Dave. Take a bow. That was great. Yeah. How did you How did you feel about that? Uh, uh, did, did that work for you? Oh well, I, I'll tell you this: I missed it the first time. Um, I think folks on, on Zeb. Uh, I, I got to the credits because I, I did. The, I want to confirm that it was Zeb, right? And uh, and also I see Filoni's name, Rick's name, Deborah's name, and I was like, "What did, did I? What?" And so I had to go back. So my reaction, <laughs> which seems impossible to say that you missed it, but I just you know was focused on Zeb of, of it all, not the foreground with with Dave in the hat there. But uh, I, I like it. Look, their characters in the galaxy. Dave's hat's canon. All beautiful. All beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to me, I, I I like that they are um, building up uh, who is in the New Republic now, who mm-hmm. is you know might be stationed here, who might know each other. Uh, it's all it's all great, great stuff uh, to me. Since we've seen Trapper Wolf flying with Carson Teva before, you know, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else in here is just a treat. The 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 Snivian <laughs> bartender with wig. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another yep. great one for Misty Roses. Uh, it's really great to see a Mon Cala pilot. I wanted to ask you about that. We're, we're both mm. big fans of them, Radis yeah. in particular, but we often see them in leadership roles. Uh, so it's yeah, fun yeah. to see a pilot. How did you feel about that? I love that. I love that. Absolutely. They are. They're uh, great warriors indeed, as we've seen in the Clone Wars. And they can, uh, they belong in all, all ranks of the Rebellion or the New Republic. Um, maybe not in control of mind flares, but. <laughs> that, that maybe needed question. Uh, the captions describe the music plan at the Adelphi base is psychedelic rock music. Uh, I, I love that. Did you like the music? I loved. I love that music. I, yeah, I want a cut of that. Oh yeah, I thought it was really well done because for me, I sometimes struggle with Star Wars music when they don't um, Star Warsify it enough. Mm-hmm. It, it does not happen very often. Uh, my rewatch Rebels. There is an episode where Zeb is is rocking out to a radio. Yeah, it is music kind of like this, so I like that. But that music is just like eh, that, that. Can can you give me a weird uh, space theremin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not quite alien enough. But this one, this was great. It connected to Zeb's tastes um, in Rebels. It sounded mm-hmm. kind of like music that would be in the Clone Club seventy uh, nines back on Coruscant. So I really liked it. I love that a lot. Uh, and then uh, Adelphi itself is uh, is new uh, to canon mm-hmm. in general. It was mentioned in Chapter Ten, The Passenger, uh, when by Carson. Uh, I I was looking on Wikipedia. The system is mentioned also in the great novel Shadow of the Sith. So cool mm-hmm. to have a, a new new place. Um, some other canon here. This isn't really like lore spotting. It just jumped out to me, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question about the canon of hologram tech. Um, I really liked Gorian Shard's big, scary face. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never really thought about this, but here's what I'm thinking. When you send someone a hologram and they, you know, r- mm-hmm. receive it in, in mm-hmm. that, can you set the size? Can you set your giant face to intimidation size? Is mm-hmm. this like Gorian Shard? Sending grief in email in all caps. I absolutely think that's the way to look at it. Or, you know, pinch your pinch your fingers on that selfie photo there. It's a little close range <laughs> there. Yeah, I absolutely think that's what it is. Snoke's got it set to eleven, right? And and uh, you know, Palpatine 
knows how to play it. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And I think there could be some limitations on, you know, even if Vader said it for big, Veer's, you know, the the, the adats got a smaller version. You know, I, I, I'm yeah. there for that there. I did think about that there. Also, just to see it in such, um, you know, Star Wars is technically in the past. It's a long time ago, not in our future, but it's like it's Carson, Carson uh, to be like, cool, I got a message. Can I borrow your viewer, which is this giant 1978 reel-to-reel <laughs> size machine? And yeah, cool. Give me a moment. I'll be in the corner where you all can hear my message. Uh, I had some uh, fun uh, reactions to that. Yeah. Is that one of the moments that felt a little awkward to you or? No, no. Some of that had to do just more with, um, I don't know, pacing in the scenes and some of the, the little line reads and all kinds of stuff. None, none of that stuff. No, I, I like the wild and weird stuff. I, I'm a big fan of, of, of uh, Gorian Shard. I really, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I like it. Um, but no, I, I just, uh, I, 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 I'm with you too. I had that thought of just like, well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. It, it, I mean, a lot of things in Star Wars, like work by the, the demands of narrative, right? How long mm-hmm. it takes to get from place to place. Uh, ships travel at light speed or narrative speed. Uh, yeah. TIE fighters make noises in space. Uh, so a lot of times that we have the massive uh, holograms, it, it just, it makes narrative sense. But this one really just felt like Gordon Shard was being an a-hole. I mean, like, yeah. I'm going to take up your whole office with my face. I want you to see everything that's stuck in between my teeth, Grief Garga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, l- let's take a moment to just talk about the pirates because I know that they are not for some people. I think they look silly or kitty or cartoonish. Uh, this really really leaned into the their pirates but in space we had the mm-hmm. the ugnot you know uh that was totally <laughs> uh pirated out right we had the that awesome ship has you know a, a, a wheel and i'm forgetting the correct nautical term uh you know mm-hmm. as the way it's controlled like it's so <laughs> leaned into the the pirate of it how mm-hmm. do you feel about all that? Are you okay with it? Or is it a little too close to that? No. That uh, this looks mm-hmm. like uh, Star Wars aliens dressing up in Earth Halloween costumes. It's, it's, uh, I, I think generally I'm okay with it. I actually really love the design of that ship. I did laugh at the old, uh, the old wheel, the old pirate ship wheel on there. I, I know I loved, and I love the way the ship looked. And we can talk about the action. No, I, I understand people having, it doesn't work. Um, if Hondo Anaka and some of the stuff in Clone Wars, and, and, and rebels and beyond didn't exist. I think I'd have more of a problem with it, but that, you know, the, the Ugnaught looking like he literally walked out of the pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> and into it. I, I, I totally, I would not, if we're at a coffee shop debating this, I'll concede the pointy on this one. I get it. Um, but it, 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 it works and pirates are a thing in star Wars and we, they don't know our world doesn't exist in their world. So as far as they know, this is their own unique design. This is what we are. Space pirates. Mm-hmm. We have sashes and, and uh, you know, very flamboyant pirate-like jackets. So I, I, I do, in the end, like it. I have, like, Vane, for some reasons, um, no disrespect to the actor. He hasn't, I, he hasn't been my favorite. There's something about it. But you're also acting in a mask. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a level of um, overacting, so to speak. Not his performance being that, but just, like, you're going to have to move your face in many ways to convey emotions. I think he does a great job at it. it it's not necessarily my favorite at times. And that, that's part of my reaction to this episode. But overall, no, I want a Gorian Shard figure. Uh, I want a Lego ship. Uh, I want all of it. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny to imagine Gorian Shard being like as culturally successful as Vader and like kids are clamoring for those Gorian Shard bed sheets. <laughs> Shard. Uh, <laughs> they want to lay their head down on Gorian Shard. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shard sheets. Mom, can we get the shard sheets? I don't know what you're um, saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, to me, I love the tension uh, that exists in Star Wars in many ways. But one of them that I like going on about is the profound versus the absurd. The, the, the depth of what we're talking about of how should societies be formed? How much can you bend? What is honor? Like there are these rich, deep ideas. What do we owe children as a society? Like uh, deep mm-hmm. ideas. And then there's that like, but also it is fun. And this was inspired by all these other genres. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they explicitly look like pirates to the to almost absurdity, maybe yeah. just absurdity. But yeah. I, I enjoy that. And it's always been a part of Star Wars and different people bump at against it and different people accept it. But like, yeah, I remember when I first saw Hondo's crew and not only are they very piratey, but then they they just straight up flying around in a flying saucer like That's a right. land. Right. <laughs> right? land in uh, you know uh, the mm-hmm. the new mexico desert and make anal probe jokes flying saucer right like yep there's mm-hmm. nothing about it that isn't just a straight up you know yeah. conspiracy theory flying saucer hondo is a gray alien indeed yeah no uh, i i'm with you on that i think if i didn't love hondo so much because I, I didn't love him initially i really didn't i remember having a conversation with jedi alliance with a friend of mine a comic joey rockenstein that's one of his favorite characters this is like 2014 i just was like him and to that reaction i had that reaction to him and, and now oh, no i just watched some hondo stuff in rebels this weekend and ah, god i love i love my crazy uncle hondo so he, he yeah. really he really broke that barrier for me to uh be okay with gory and shard yeah absolutely i mean for me tying together all of uh hondo's arc through clone wars and rebels has made me really really enjoy him and uh the uh, millennium falcon ride um last thing with the pirates uh, of course we have to mention in canon that uh the a a uh, character in star wars a beast that you've gone on a long journey with is referenced by gorian shard in a puffer pig's <laughs> eye <laughs> uh another yeah. triumph for fans of rebels watching this episode how'd you feel about that i i i loved it i had the uh subtitles up the second episode and i think i'd missed it the first time and, and absolutely love that absolutely yeah that. Great stuff. Um, also, you know, want to shout out Lieutenant Reed, played by Max Lloyd Jones, continuing mm-hmm. all of these New Republic characters uh, who was featured before. Um, we don't go through and, and list every background alien, but one that grabbed my eye is there is uh, what looks to be a youngling on Navarro, who is uh, the species Melito, which jumped out to me because that is the weird and infamous character Sarko Plank, uh, mm-hmm. which is just this great design an early action figure for the force awakens does not show up in, in any substantive way in the force awakens also featured in a in a you know journey to force awakens book uh, i love sarco plank's look so i was happy to see a sarco plank kid a sarco plank kid indeed love that yeah. yeah uh last bit of canon here is um got a little bit more clarity on the covert uh because we have been talking in recent episodes about so where did the these other mandalorians come from were they a parts of other coverts and uh now i thought it was implied by what pause and din said that some of them survived the massacre on navarro must have been spread to the winds and uh armor and and pause went and, and found them how do you feel about that um how do i feel about it? i i i i'm curious about who's going to show up and we'll get to the end of it all there um but uh, yeah, th- this is a large galaxy with so many, so many Mandalorians to scoop up, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for the scoop. 
Excellent. Well, we'll keep scooping Mandalorians for now. Uh, you have any other canon things you noticed or wanted to talk about? Just, uh, two there, just the R5 and Carson work, work together. We've already yes. kind of had this Peli saying, hey, he fought in the rebellion and just referring to R5 and just a little bit more of R5 story. There's a lot there. I still have those weird moments of, uh, and I mean, it's in a good way of like, that's, uh, that's R5. <laughs> that's New Hope R5. <laughs> and here he is. He's gone on to, to wonderful things. And I, I enjoy he, he and Carson uh, work together. And Carson's view of him, like we serve together. Uh, not looking down on R5. And then uh, just, uh, I think I joke, jokingly mentioned it before, but yeah, Navarro, that they have Bullock Canyon. Uh, obviously a reference to Jeremy Bullock. I just kind of like that connection there too. Yeah, no, that that's really, really great. Thanks for pulling those two things out. The R5 thing was great. Because yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian, it's just, don't worry about how it happened. He found the place. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like that since the covert being secret is such a big deal. Yeah. That, uh, it was pointed out to how, and it also still had kind of a story of, uh, of unity and honor. And, and I loved his line about like, I know you're going to move anyway, but I'm not going to tell anybody where you are. You know, like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's honorable Carson Tava. Um, did you have a favorite action moment? There's some big action scenes. What grabbed you? There was a lot in here. I think, um, I, I, I I really loved the overall look of the of any dogfight they've had this season, including some of the stuff. Like I love just even the shots of Bo-Katan flying. There's something about the lighting; it just looks so good. It looks really great. And and I, I think we, we you and I talked about before. Some sometimes previous seasons of Mando, the tech wasn't quite there, didn't look as good. Uh, that one in Chapter Five is is not one of my favorite action fighter fights in in Star Wars. Um, it's looking really good. And so even just the moment the two ships crashing into each other, love that. Just love the snub fighters launching, how they launched, all those little details. Yeah, everything looked great. The design of the uh, the pirate Corsair looked great. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, th- I think that's what I responded to the most is some of the uh, the ship action. Um, mm-hmm. I did love the uh, the pirates jumping in the in the gunwales um, in the, uh, yeah. you know, and they had that great connection to the LAAT's, you know, circular mm-hmm. um, manned swiveling uh, gun ports. Yeah. Um, so that that was great to see. And it, it just, it had that like, yeah, it, this is a spaceship, but everything about it is a pirate boat. Uh, helm or tiller, I looked up, you know, yeah. the boat wheel, helm or tiller. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get some nautical corrections. <laughs> so it goes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I love that scene of the, the pirates. And I just love so much that the N1 continues to be this like, amazing ship we talk about it being a mm-hmm, symbol mm-hmm. of flexibility and change and the benefits of that and just joy it's a fun ship to fly but i just i love how unstoppable din is in it the uh the dodging between the two ships and causing them to collide um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the uh the to me uh, uh, toss up whether it goes in action or comedy but i, I like that he's above you he's below you <laughs> yeah 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 i actually it just yeah. it it highlights the speed and maneuverability of the N1 and that people mm-hmm. just can't step to it is really fun. Yeah. 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 No, that, I mean, what a, what a victory for N1 fans and Phantom Menace fans. Indeed. We've just talked about that before, but it, it's uh, not gotten uh, old on me. I was at my friend's house this weekend and his, one of his sons had the N1 uh, Lego set there on the shelf and, uh, and it was, he had built it. I, I spent a couple of minutes just staring at it. It's so good. Yeah. And, and it looked great in this episode. Yeah. Um, some of the other action that, you know, I like, I like positively stomping around. I like that, you know, the, the heavy gunner thing, but, uh, man, the armor, mm-hmm. you know, as much as the yeah. character is, uh, remains to be a, a, a mystery, uh, that is mm-hmm. fully unfurled. I do like her in action. I really liked her using the, uh, one pirate as cover and then throwing the talking hammer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The the armor stuff is great. I, I, I um, in in wrestling, a lot of times when when an older wrestler comes back or someone you haven't seen in action comes back, the the, the crowd chants, "You still got it." The armor never necessarily left, but we haven't seen her in this fight in a couple of years, and I I was chanting, "You still got it," while she was uh, yeah. running along. Yeah, absolutely great stuff. Any other action moments for you? Um, I so even though it was in the trailer and we've been kind of waiting for it since celebration, I do love a good hey, we're approaching the drop point moment and <laughs> bays are open and everyone jumped out. I, I thought that was fun, that was good seeing Pods Vizsla in action, uh, that heavy blaster. Um, uh, that's still the class I play if I play Battlefront 2. I haven't played in a while, mm. but that's so I love seeing all that. Um, and and I thought again, uh, just the way I love chapter three back to season one, but I thought even. We, as, to, as the tech grows, and I always have to remind myself to give all tech, even now in this season, time to grow and change as they accomplish things more and more. Always focus on the story, always focus on the why, but I can't help but looking at the screen sometimes being like, oh, I don't know if that looked as good or I, them fighting in the street, just the look of the, look of the gear, the way it was shot. I, I really loved everything about that. Yeah, it looked really great to me. I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it very much, very much. And yeah, there, there's still sometimes every once in a while, we're like, yeah, is this maybe the volume? But a lot of it looks mm-hmm. way better to me. Yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, awesome. Let's move into comedy, whimsy, <laughs> uh, weirdos. There's a lot going on here that I really enjoyed. What were some uh, some fun moments that you enjoyed? Look, I, I I don't think it's nice or maybe even appropriate to say, but I, I like the energy behind it sometimes. I get a little grumpy, too. Move Out Blue Boy is... <laughs> A t-shirt, a bumper sticker, and a, and a way of life I want to live now. And I love move out, blue boy. And then even Din going, you got to go, blue. Like, just love that. Yeah, I love, like, yeah, like, yeah. And I assume that's, you know, just from the primary color of the New Republic logo. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Blue boys, blues. Yeah, it's that's great world building. It was really, uh, uh, Paz had some good triumphant moments to me. But in general, I, I don't know that I'd like to hang out with Paz. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a bit of a of a bully uh <laughs> so clear out blue boy I was like yeah, yeah that's, that, that was funny i have some pause thoughts i'll tell you off there um but yes <laughs> uh yes uh yes great moment yeah <laughs> i loved that this episode started with grief carga playing sim city <laughs> oh the- god yeah, no it's so funny i because i I absolutely love SimCity. And I was like, I didn't see that. Oh, wait, no, you're right. <laughs> literally, literally doing it. No, no, we got to move this. The tracks are here. Yeah. A tornado's the trade district closer to the shipping terminals. Wait a minute. Where's the rail spurt? Wait, I got to get these these people to, to start having kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did we put water underneath? The, did we connect the pipes underneath the city? Yeah. <laughs> How long have they been locked in that room? They'll choke. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's just, I love his enthusiasm. Like, he had all that enthusiasm about being the the uh guild leader of the navarro hunters right uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he's got all this enthusiasm for building something it's so great yeah <laughs> um i also like zeb's i like your attitude to carson that was yeah, it's just it wasn't like a straight up joke yeah. it was just like mood personality beautiful yeah. stuff yeah i can dig that uh <laughs> other stuff for you um, I, I, I put in comedy. I, I, I gotta, you know, I said earlier, I don't really, Vane's not my favorite, but I did love, he's above you. He's below you. I, I absolutely think that that is, 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 a, is a great Star Wars bit there. Um, love that. Uh, and Zellin's going, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Shirley Anderson doing that. that made me laugh. Um, I didn't, I you know? didn't pick that up. That's what they were saying until I watched with the subtitles with the captions. Yeah. So that was great. <laughs> that yeah. was, uh, that one will probably be uh, deployed on social media. That's great. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, so final beats for me. Uh, we t- you mentioned earlier, but the the, the Kowakian spy, I'm calling him, uh, which <laughs> a trailer shot. Right. So we wait for that one now to see in full context. I, it's it's even better. <laughs> like you're, about, they're over there. They're gonna ambush ambush you. They shot at us earlier. So f them. Go get them. It's so funny, right? I mean, go back to, you know, 1983 and we love Salacious B. Crumb. We love Boba Fett. We're like, they're going to be a whole society of Boba Fett people and a tree full of monkey lizards. And they're going to work together. Yeah. It it was, it's funny. And it Mm. is also like, it's so thematic of like, hey, Navarro is actually great. This is, this tree's for monkey lizards. This Mm -hmm. is our home, you know? And everybody leaves us alone. And even, even though we point and laugh at them all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, screw these pirates. Uh, We're we're siding with the Mandalorians. Great. Everyone matters. Love that. And then, uh, yeah. um, Final one for me, just, I, 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 uh, drunk corn was hilarious. I was, uh, I was uh, betting you were going to put that. Yeah. Uh, extremely convincing tipsy corn stumbling out yeah. of the yeah. the school is, was absolutely great. Um, a couple more for me. Um, I thought I love the Tim Meadows casting. I love the kind of weird surprise casting. Uh, the Colonel Tuttle. I think I called him Lieutenant earlier. Colonel Tuttle. Uh, I love that little beat of comedy. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Do not put any more stuff on that part of my desk. That's my work area. And then mm. just that belligerent, overworked droid being like, too bad. Uh, yeah. It was funny because it's relatable. Uh, I mm-hmm. ha- have too much stuff on my work area on my desk. Uh, and also, I just, it, I like comedy that's like, eh, it just feels like a little light beat. But it's also really supporting what's going on, of uh, the world building of like, mm. all of that is these piles and piles of tasks. And to me, it can it's a, just a funny joke, but it's also building this picture of Colonel Tuttle isn't, isn't a bad guy that mm-hmm. we've seen. Mm-hmm. He's got more than he can possibly do. Right. Uh, yeah. it, it's, I, I like jokes that are fun and then have a little bit of oomph to them. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, no, there's something going back to, you just made me think of, 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 uh, Tim Meadows character. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a cold disconnect that's running through the new Republic, but it's it sometimes like, if you're not careful, maybe that's part of the lessons. Yeah. You could be part of it there, but I feel, I felt some of the moments with him. <laughs> and then when you can mm-hmm. find a way out, that's why you got Kane there manipulating. You can find a way out. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Let's teach him a lesson. I got, I got to get to these post-it notes. Yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah. And I hope he pops back up because he's a good perspective character. And, mm-hmm. and I got a, a Tim Meadows bias. He was, uh, he was on Saturday night live when, when I was uh, mm-hmm. watching a lot and I got the opportunity to, Work with him on a, a radio show I used to do in Minneapolis and got to write a sketch for him. And he mm. was super, super, uh, super great to work with. So I've got a little bit of Tim Meadows uh, bias. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I've, uh, yeah, that Saturday Live, that's, that's one of my, my errors too. And yeah, I haven't worked with him, but I, I did, we sh- exchanged eye glances at the farmer's market one day when I was the security director. He was struggling <laughs> with his kids. And he, I just was standing there, he looks at me and he gives me the, one of those, like, yeah, right. And I went, yeah, right. And I just like, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope that, uh, that he comes back, uh, cause I think it's fun casting. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting perspective and to also see him. We haven't really talked about it a bunch cause we have so much to talk about, but I did think it was really interesting to see like that, um, that mm. Kane, you know, really lit up at, Oh, problems on Navarro. It felt to me like that. She knows that that's a move mm. that, that, um, that someone is taking uh, in that she really does appropriate the positive message of the episode to try to manipulate Tuttle mm-hmm. and to poke Teva, right? Her, she's got her mm-hmm. line. 
But from experience, it often takes a new perspective before one is able to see the yeah. light. And yeah. so in some ways that line is like, okay, well, that's what we're saying we hope has happened to the armor. We hope that she's seen a new perspective from yeah, yeah. Din and Bo-Katan and she's seen the light. But we're seeing that from Kane, who we know doesn't believe it. She would spit on that phrase. But yes. she knows that other people have the hope and the kindness to believe that and shows she's manipulating people with it. It, it, it made me happy that we spent so much time with Kane and that we know that she's all in on the Imperial yep. vision. Um, and mm-hmm. then she is spouting this line in a, in a horribly manipulative way. No, no, tr- truly bling, brings clarity to her, her purpose in that scene and, and the story so far. Love them. Yeah. So um, we are starting to wrap up here. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to? Uh, no, I did want to address the music in the pilot bar. You did. I put that here. I apologize for Carson Teva versus Te- Teva Teva. You know, it's a Star Wars tradition and you don't know until you know. <laughs> You don't know until you know, and it, it was Teva, Teva, Teva in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels weird coming out of my mouth. But uh, the only other thing we haven't talked about, I got distracted, and after I finished the episode, I realized I didn't uh, register what the title of the episode was because I was so taken by the music mm. being this slightly different kind of pirate shanty version yeah. of the opening <laughs> music. I was like, awesome, that's really cool to have something different. Yeah, no, I love that. And I bet going to the music too as well, it, it, it happened again, but just the resistance theme showing up uh, now, but attached to Carson. I, I, I kind of love that and love the meaning of that. I loved it in the previous uh, chapter three, right? At the, at the amount of uh, Umat, but um, really worth yeah. Carson. Yeah, absolutely. So we're learning more about the shape of the season, the shape of the Mandoverse. Uh, we are running out of shots uh, from trailers. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, do you have predictions or hopes for next week or for the rest of the season? We're going to be 52 minutes in a droid bar next week is what we got here. Oh, that's I, right. I think, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ruin that for anyone who has forgot about that. Uh, yeah, predictions or hopes for next week. I think hopes is other Mandos, man. Uh, and I'm not just talking about rumors. I know there's been a lot of rumors out there. Fen Ra being one of them. He's, he's a very interesting character. So I'm I'm there for that rumor. Um, I mm-hmm. don't think the armor is Rook cast. I don't think so. I don't want her to be maybe more than don't think so. But there's a character that's potentially still on the board. Axwells, Costco Reeves. There's a lot of Mandos out there like we were just talking about. And we got this great cliffhanger. It's a great mystery. Is is Gideon did Gideon set it up that way? Is it is it uh, Death Watch return? Is it anything like that? Is it... Is it is it people that he has had maybe when he was in charge or working over there at Mandalore kind of liked what he did? You and I have always said that Moff Gideon is the big bad for this particular uh, uh, show and season because of his relationship to Mandalore. So that was a great little thing. I hope, I know, you know, I got to be patient, but I hope he starts getting some uh, payoff for that soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people interpreted Bo-Katan's reaction to the size of the Imperial force that decimated her home that mm-hmm. this is too big for some warlord uh, remnant. And, mm-hmm. and people interpreted that as, here comes Thrawn. That could absolutely be correct. Okay. I, I think I continue to feel that is uh, Gideon has more power than they realize. And he always has, you know, yeah, uh, is the way that I've taken that. And, and he has moved the chess pieces on the board. And, and this is that Carson Teva is correct. And these events are connected. And it feels right for me for the big question to be, uh, can the Mandalorians come together enough to defeat Gideon? Um, 
Gideon wants to want would want revenge. He would want power. Mm-hmm. He would want to prove that he is stronger than the Mandalorians. Uh, and he also knows how to push their buttons to break them apart. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he knows that that the armor and Bo-Katan are kind of eye in that dark saber. He yeah. knows that all that Din cares more about Grogu than anything else. You know, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what the story is. And it, it could be a great, an absolutely great uh, manipulation of, uh, of Moff Gideon to leave that Beskar there because he knows that the new Republic will go, actually, we got to bring the hammer down on the Mandalorians, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of different ways to go with that. And I'm, I like that. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two other thoughts for me. I'm very curious to see if if we get to see more of Grogu and Keller and Beck's story. And if so, what what will uh, trigger <laughs> the rest mm-hmm. of Grogu's trauma memories? Uh, if in any big confrontation, how much Grogu's uh, power as a Jedi will make a difference. I'm excited for the Grogu stuff. Mm. Um, the, the big line from Carson... Uh, that it, this is all connected, something more is going on. He says, and by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Mm-hmm. I, I like that that does feel like it's talking to the sequel trilogy, right? The sequel sure. era. Yeah. Like, yep, yep. The By the time the First Order is clearly as big of a threat, it's it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you can, you know, you, you got that feeling that Carson Teva, Teva could be like, you know, go watch this exact minute of The Force mm-hmm. Awakens, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm also thinking that, you know, there's a real awareness of there's 30 years of storytelling to happen here. Yeah. And I feel like uh, what what we might be building toward is philosophically, yes, it's the same yeah. issue. Yes. That, that the New Republic does not take the threat of the First Order seriously enough. But I wonder... If, if we're heading to a Gideon showdown, a Thrawn showdown, both a Gideon and a Thrawn showdown, um, that Carson Teva hopes people will learn the lesson of like, these threats mm-hmm. are going to keep coming and we need to be responsive to them. Yeah. But I wonder if it's going to be a story of, in, in this general time period, a Gideon showdown, a Thrawn showdown, and the New Republic learns the wrong lesson, mm-hmm. learns the lesson that it's over, that the little, the Empire has popped up uh, twice now it cost us but we slapped him back down it's over mm. we need it to be over so by the time the 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 first order is emerging they're like it, it has to be over not again right yeah not yeah again. not again and and look look what happened everybody everybody worried about gideon everybody worried about thrawn everybody worried about the pirate kings in the mid rim we and we slapped them all down and it's fine it's fine it's fine mm-hmm. yeah I am really with you on that. I think it is an absolute line that that references, it speaks to the sequel trilogy, but I do not think The Mandalorian as a show is going out to super connect to it, to definitely not to fix it. Love those thumbnails out there. I think it's spiritual. I think it's, I think it's thematic. Um, go, remember, remember go before uh, even Mando, the show showed up, Filo, uh, not Filoni Favreau, but, uh, you know, uh, you'll find out the origins of the First Order, which was a, quote pulled out of a of a larger answer in a larger interview and and that that never was because uh ray sloan's there and a character i'd love to see of course mm-hmm. uh and we're gonna get that i i still think that i think i, I think it connects in that overall uh, way but i i i, I and, you know i just talked about loving this character and definitely loving the performer but carson teva 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 i'm, I'm gonna say it wrong <laughs> until i get it right carson um 
He's saying that to, to Tim Meadows, a colonel with a lot of post notes <laughs> on the desk. He's yeah, not yeah. saying that to Mothman. He's not saying that to Senator so and so or any, you know you know what I mean. And I, I don't mean to mm-hmm. talk down to Tim Meadows' character, but it's it's just speaking of what's going on. And there is something going on. And Carson knows that. And, and and the empire could rebuild and all those things. So yes, it does. I think mean the first door, but I I don't take it yet as a direct. We're going to cut to the unknown regions and Brendel Hux and his son Armitage are there with Ray Sloan. And that's where we're going. I don't think so. I just don't. Yeah. And I think we could maybe get some of that, but I feel like there's just such a, um, there's such an excitement in the interviews with the creators about this huge expansive time period, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, and I feel like there's room to tell lots of stories in that there's a desire to keep exploring this era. So I think that's my big picture thing is when Carson Teva says, and by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. It's, it's thematic breadcrumbs leading up to how many times did the new Republic wrestle with this decision? And Mm -hmm. eventually it is the attitude that leads to a deadly complacency but not right around the corner because we have years of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Decades, decades. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean, I don't, that's something I'm not saying to put out any fires of people who want some of those revealed. I, again, it's not that I, I don't think some of this cloning tech, even some stuff has been at play in two seasons of Bad Batch, that, that it won't sometime, somehow factor in in some way. I just don't think it's, it's going to that directly. Yeah, I think it's. I think it, there's every possibility that it will connect, but it, I don't think there's a rush to give answers. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are excited to keep talking about more of what's coming for the Mandalorian and the overall Mandoverse and the Ahsoka show. All that great stuff. But now we're going to get down to our final and most important topic, Ken. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides Gorian shard bedsheets, what action figure or merch do you want? inspired by this episode i mean you're not going to give me a drunk quarren and trandoshan playset a two-pack <laughs> drinking at school you're not going to give me that all right that's fair no i that's, that's that's what i want i want that there's a lot of cool things i mentioned earlier uh, uh give me that um i love that pirate ship corsair ship that got there that's that's great give me give me a lego set of that um, yeah i can i can deal with that and a, a gorian shard you know funko pop Slash Chia Pet would be great as well. And I'm sure they're joking <laughs> in other places, but that would be good. But I just, back in the, not even the Kenner days, but that Power of the Force 2, that era into the early 2000s, actually that 2007 30th anniversary line, Drunk Quarren would be a figure. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't put it past Hasbro since they have made the uh, the Navarro Cantina as a playset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with just a little remodeling, they could add, you know, some broken windows and some exclusive drunk Corrin action figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Green. I don't even know if that was Spotchka, but, you know, something. Yeah. Uh, some other fluid in a Spotchka bottle. Mm-hmm. I, I like that we switched up a little bit from Spotchka. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of different drinks flowing. Uh, oh, I want so many action figures. I want the weird little pirate Ugnot. Um, I <laughs> definitely want uh, Pilot Zeb. Hey, I want any. Three and three oh, quarter yeah. Zeb, but yeah. I definitely take a realistic looking pilot Zeb. Great, mm-hmm. uh, we've been waiting. We we got teased by the awesomeness of uh, Carson Teva in um, in casual drinking jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And I definitely, definitely uh, want that. Uh, uh, I suppose we should. You you mentioned him, but it's great to see the Y wing. So let, let's get that. Um, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it was great to see. Uh, I, I've continued to love the gauntlet. I love the uh, the canon of Bo-Katan saying this is the exact class of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would not be surprised to see that be a Haslab set, and then you can drop all your Mandos out of it, <laughs> but like actually drop them. <laughs> Yep. 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 Uh, final thing. This this is, is something that I would I would build if I were an eccentric billionaire. If I were an eccentric billionaire, and I needed an alarm system, I would build a Quackian monkey lizard tree where the monkey lizards are the cameras. <laughs> yes. When somebody is uh, you know trespassing, uh, they point and they screech, and that is my alarm system. I wonder if I have uh, you know some ring cameras. I wonder if I can get one of those. Kowaki Monkey is from Galaxy's Edge and like put the camera inside. <laughs> this seems like a, a, a tech bash that's worth doing. Uh-huh. I'm on it. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, watch those monkey lizards just with joy in my heart and uh, can't <laughs> wait to hear Jennifer Landa's reaction. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ken, where can people find us? Oh, uh, man, you know, you want to find us? Here's all your spots right here. Just bring your Kowaki and monkey lizard ring cameras to the party and you you got us. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, Hive, Hive Social at Force Center if you're over there. Uh, some of you are, I know. Uh, Instagram is Force Center Pod and don't forget Facebook. Uh, YouTube, you could subscribe over there or hey, if you're listening to this rebroadcast on YouTube, subscribe. We got a lot of things coming, including live Q&A, shorts, a lot of videos, you know, when we're in Celebration London, you, you want to be connected to the YouTube channel so you can get uh, up-to-date uh, shorts that pop up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the podcast remains strong, and you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. Follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com. Joseph, for you. Yeah, you can find me on the social media as well. All of my uh, social media presence is under at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Mastodon, lots of different places, uh, still on TikTok. You can also go to my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw and you'll find uh, plenty of uh, short films and comedy and stuff like that. And uh, for Force Center in general, like I said, we have that uh, interesting questions of the Force episode that we recorded before mm. this episode. Uh, we got a little bit of time travel in there. Uh, but if you're interested in these kind of Mandalorian discussions, we, we go pretty deep on some of this. Uh, what is happening next? Uh, who are the children of the watch? All that kind of stuff. And one more reminder about our live Q&A this Friday, March 31st, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be talking lots of Star Wars Mando, Bad Batch, uh, our upcoming trip to Star Wars Celebration, and some other center time where we talk about cars. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so obsessed with Okay, I'm sure everybody's just bursting with car questions. Hey, I used to uh, collect Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels back in the day, right? So let's talk about that. <laughs> I had one Hot Wheel. I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion there. Anyway, uh, it's a hangout. We love hanging out uh, with you and hearing your thoughts in the comments as well. So if you'd like to join us, that's where we will be this Friday. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Carson Tava, this has been The Mandalorian Report. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.